The next day is quiet and the air is wet, but the sun cuts through the morning chill. By noon, Kuro has found herself at one of the less shady sake houses Michita Yasumi has to offer, grateful for the opportunity to remove her muddy geta. The interior is small and quiet. Most importantly, it's warm. She settles far from the entrance, pulling her mooring cur in a cleaning cloth free from her bag. She nurses a warm clay cup of sake while she wipes mud and scuffs off the carved wooden head of the fiddle. It's only a few minutes later that Shio's head pokes through the door, human once more. Her previous night was spent in a tree outside of town, and the morning was dedicated to reconstructing her rokugani seeming thread by thread. She has no patience for the stares she'll receive over her feathers. It's a tedious process, and by the time she's finished, she's ready to drink. When she sees Crow, she immediately brightens and breezes past the hostess to stop a respectful distance from Crow's table. I hope I am not intruding, Crow-san. May I join you? No, no intrusion. Sorry, I forgot what you look like without feathers. There is no need to apologize. If anything, I am at fault for giving you such a shock. It was an unexpected situation. I'm fascinated by your... your instrument. It's beautiful. It, it's called a mooring cur. It's... Well, one of the only things I have left for the Kirin. Ah, Kirin. I should have guessed. I cannot even imagine the sound. Is it much like shamisen? <laughs> no, no, nothing like the shamisen. Here. More like the kokyu, but deeper. Here's the bow. It's, it's strung from the hair of, well, my horse, before... Allow me to play for you sometime. I would be honored to hear you play. <laughs> Forgive my enthusiasm. I have always wished to learn more from the Kirin, but it's rare that I find the opportunity to speak with them. <laughs> I'm not Kirin anymore. But I carry with me what little of it I can, at least. So, you said you sing? I can sing, but I must allow that I am untrained and out of practice. Well, all the more reason to practice. Maybe we can play together. I'd be pleased to. I've not made music with another in many years. Far too many, if I'm to be honest. I understand Kenku are long-lived. Even without practice, I'm sure your skill exceeds mine. I've only had twenty-something springs to learn. You flatter me. Having more years under my belt does not mean I won't croak. The opposite, in fact. <laughs> so, where are you headed next? I hadn't intended to come this far north, but I suppose I may head to the coast if this is all Okoto-sama needed from us. The spring storms are fierce, but beautiful. And where do you intend to go? South, I think. But now that you mention it, the coast is tempting. The storms over the sea always reminded me of the plains. Like a canopy in a gale. It is a breath of the familiar. Crane lands are lovely. Though, we don't always get along. <laughs> the crane are always the same old song and dance. Make yourself seem dull enough and they'll leave you be. Unless they turn out to be shinobi, of course. <sighs> Real cranes do have fine taste, I will admit. I've never had finer wagashi than crane-made, for example. 
Oh, it's been so long since I had a good rice cake. I've never been lucky enough to try one of the cranes, though. Oh, but when I was last in Musumemura, there were carts there selling the most delicious thing. It was called Okonomiyaki. Have you ever had it? it it's a type of fried cake. Uh, it's filled with cabbage, squid, eggs, sauce, and then <laughs> I asked the Hinan how they do it. There's a particular fish they catch in the ocean. They gut it and they smoke it until it's solid like wood. And then they shave the flakes off of the fish on top of the cake. Okonomiyaki? I'll have to try it. All the more reason to venture to the coast. I must encourage you to see about having some Kranyomogi daifuku if you've not. And taiyaki. Taiyaki. Ah, yes, I remember those. They're the cakes filled with red bean, right? Yes, shaped like carp. Usually with red bean, but I have had them with sweet potato, too. I know the best vendors in Morasabishi Toshi, if you ever venture there. <laughs> Perhaps I'll see you there. I hope so. Oh, this was not the best choice of topic, was it? No, not at all. But another fortnight of pickles will make the seafood taste all the better in the end. Your taiyaki. I... I remember having one just after passing through Kitsune Mori a few years ago. I fed after the foxes since they seem so hungry. So perhaps I should go back and try a whole one this time. If you're so inclined to share your recommendations. They are always hungry. Even after a banquet, they're at your heels asking for more. But they don't get taiyaki often. It was very kind of you to treat them. <laughs> you speak as though you have experience. Have you spent a lot of time there? It's my home. My... my family. As close as I might call anything. I've not found anywhere else so beautiful and, and comforting. Anytime I'm away, I miss the sound of wind through trees, and I dream of Kitsune Odin. I remember the Odin. I must have lived off of it for a month. I couldn't pull myself away. Who would have thought to fry tofu? The foxes certainly seem to like it. It's no wonder that it was named so. You've had it. It is absolutely the best Odin in all of Rokugan. No one else's has ever come close. The perfection of the stock, the contrasting textures of radish and fried tofu. I was taught the recipe. It's not the same in my hands, but quite a decent substitute if you ever wish to join me. I'd be happy to join you. I've been on the road for so long, I think I've forgotten the taste of anything that isn't pickled or cured. <laughs> Tell me about your family. The kitsune took care of me when I was injured. It was a dark time, and their kindness saw my recovery. Kitsune, the, the Rokugani, and the foxes. A foxwife took me into her household. I, I even worked with her. She, she taught me that recipe. A foxwife? The woman from the Odin shop? She was really Kitsune? I, I thought it was just an act to sell more Odin to travelers. Well, yes. Of course, that's a huge draw. It only helps if it turns out to be true, doesn't it? <laughs> I forget sometimes that not everyone is as familiar with Kitsune as the Fox Clan are. I I'm sure Hazako will be delighted to hear she tricked you. I'm glad to have been tricked by her, and you can tell her as much. I will be sure to inform her. 
<laughs> I'm not certain I'd call tricking me much of an accomplishment. But maybe that's why the foxes took a liking to me in the first place. Perhaps. <laughs> I'm sure she'll remember you if you were in the area for so long. Hand would be pleased to know you better. I should like to know them better, too. I knew nothing but hospitality in those woods. It was considerably more enjoyable than any of my travels elsewhere. Maybe you can introduce us sometime. They do love those they can trick. But they'll also fall in love with anyone who feeds them and calls them pretty and scratches their chins just so. <laughs> Tell me, is there still a problem with poachers in the forest? There's always a problem. Some years are worse than others. I had a run-in with a band of them the last time I was in the woods. How someone could stoop to such a vile thing. Desperation does strange things to men, though that gives most too much credit. I'm glad to see the encounter ended well for you. It gives me hope. <laughs> well, it certainly ended better for me than it did for them. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not a very polite topic, or a pleasant one. Sometimes we must speak of unpleasant things. The world is full of them, after all. You must take me to meet Yohasako, then. I would be glad to be tricked by all the foxes in Kitsunimori ten times over if it meant another night of her delicious Odin. And the hot springs. To good things. Kitsune Odin and hot springs. <laughs> to Kitsune Odin. And hot springs. And perhaps we can dispatch a few more poachers on our trip to visit Hasako. <laughs> if any dare show their faces. I've yet to see you fight, but with that reach... I fight well enough to survive. That's all I can say for myself. I admire your modesty. But if you wish to see, I would be honored to spar with you, Kitsune-sama. Mm. It is I who would be honored. Swordplay is my greatest passion. Perhaps we can teach one another some tricks along the way to Kitsune Mori. If that is pleasing to you. Nothing would give me greater pleasure... I suppose I should see to my things, then. It has been an honor to share a drink with you. I could not have wished for a better drinking companion. Thank you for allowing me to join you, Croissant. It will be very good to travel with you. Shio roots around in her kimono for her purse, finds it, and then begins the long process of fumbling out the right coins for her tab. The servant doesn't seem bothered by her complete lack of coordination. At least, that's what Shio hopes as she thanks her and stumbles for the door. Crow watches Shio leave, set to follow suit, when the servant girl catches her eye again. It's difficult to gauge her interest when Crow is this inebriated, but her hair is dark, her hips swell pleasantly, and her green eyes meet her own dark ones shamelessly. Soon enough, that's all that she cares to see. Her things can wait. She will pack them in the morning.
For all the latest updates in our podcast, be sure to check us out on Twitter at SITWL5R. You can also join our Discord server to talk L5R, tabletop, and everything in between. Shadows in the West is played using the fourth edition of the Legend of the Five Rings role-playing game, developed by Alderac Entertainment Group and owned by Fantasy Flight Games. 